Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Dermot and Dave's Mind Yourself Now. Mind Yourself Now. Mind Yourself Now. Mind Yourself Now. With BioCult Boosted. Ensuring a balanced gut and giving your immune system that extra kick with added vitamin B12. Now, just a little heads up, we're going to be discussing some sensitive issues here, including the topic of suicide. Uh, But she's the brains behind the hugely popular 2210 patisserie in Mullingar. She's just released an incredible new book called Sweet Therapy, which looks at the long, very difficult road that led her to find baking. And Una Leonard joins us now for a Mind Yourself Now special. Good morning, Una. Morning. How are you? Welcome to the Dermot and Dave show. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on the amazing book. And weirdly, myself and Dave were looking through your book and we both independently chose the same page out of the entire book. And it's a big book. Yeah, so I was flicking through it and I kind of left it folded down and then he came over to me and went, did you put that (laughs) picture there? I was like, yeah, and I wanted to ask you about it. He goes, but that's my favourite page. It's a cheesecake that's covered in raspberries. And I wanted cheesecake covered in Oreo cookies and Maltesers and they happened to be on the same page and (laughs) oh my God. And they're the two things I did not bring with me for you today. (laughs) It doesn't matter. We have to make them them now. No, we have to make them. You've given us the recipe. That's the important part. But listen, for people who don't know you, I guess the people of Mullingar know you. 2210 Patisserie is your famous bakery. When did you open that? I opened that in 2015. So I was 22 years of age. That is young to be you know, essentially becoming an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. having a proper business with the front door and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) It was a business. What were the mistakes you learned along the way in terms of running your own bakery? Well, I actually didn't think there were mistakes back then because I Mm -hmm. didn't open a bakery to run it as a business. I opened it as a passion project just to make cakes. So it was yeah. So anyone that asks me about business Mm -hmm. stuff now, I'm like, oh god, no, no, no. I don't know much about (laughs) that. (laughs) I can show you how to make a cake, but (laughs) and really, you didn't see it as a as a a way of making money or no. Oh god, no. There was no money made. No, not for the first five years anyway. Definitely not. Yeah. And what the whole point of you being in here, I suppose, is to explain your story and how the baking has been an outlet for you and a life changing way for you to to handle mental illness and all the other bits that have gone on. So so take us back to when you were opening that in 2015. What had been the previous scenario in your life? Yeah, so when I was in secondary school, I started to develop an eating disorder and that eating disorder gradually turned into severe depression, Mm. um, which turned into two suicide attempts. And my healing and my getting out of my head every single day was getting into the kitchen. I didn't realise at the time that that's what I was doing. So I had like nurses come into the house every day to administer my medication and check in on me and look after me. But while they were coming, I was baking them something nice. Like right. I them. And I, I just, I loved being in the kitchen. Hours would pass by and I was just like not in a dark place. I was in a happy place. Mm. And it was only for like an hour or two a day or once or twice a week or whatever it is. Um, until my lovely little nephew he was only two at the time and he's so cute like these big brown eyes and he was like you make me a John Deere tractor and I was like <laughs> yeah of course like why proper Mullingar boy that's <laughs> yeah. what he wants well not only that like he brought up a tie tractor and he was like you can make that for me and I was like I'm sure I could but you've not seen any of the cakes I've made before and I can't make cakes so we'll give it a go anyway so I was researching it I looked up YouTube videos I looked up 
what fondant was. Actually, right, so you're learning all this I was on the way. Learning all of this myself, yeah. And then it came to making this cake. It took four days, and my mother nearly killed me because <laughs> I literally had the kitchen upside down. But I met the cake. Yeah. Was yeah. he happy with it? He was really happy. Well, with it. I hope he's a picture of the cake. Like it wasn't the worst cake in the world. Uh, what well, is? He's a special boy, and you have a special bond because 2210 patisserie. The 2210 is related to him. Yeah, it's his date of birth, the second of the second 2010. Yeah. And do you think that he kind of crystallised your understanding of what baking was doing for you by making you make this John Deere cake and it took you out of your comfort zone? Because you were obviously losing yourself in the, the meditation of baking, but he was the one who kind of said, no, make something really difficult. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he obviously didn't have a clue what he was no. asking. He just, his innocence in him was like, she's in a kitchen, she's putting things together, I'm sure she could make this. <laughs> just want to go back into the process of how the baking helped you, because we hear of people getting really into fitness and, you know, our hiking and, our, you know, the outdoors or other things, but rarely we've heard the baking as an antidote yeah. to... You know something that you were going through, and some form of mental unease that you that you had at that time. What do you think it was about the baking that helped you? I mean, Dave mentioned the word meditation there. Yeah. What was it about the baking? Do you think that allowed you to at least step away from that darkness you were feeling at the time? I still get it when I go into the kitchen now. It's like a flow. It's it's like you're completely out of whatever's going on in the world, mm. and you're just fully concentrating on what's happening. And you're putting like raw ingredients together and you're making something delicious and beautiful at the same time. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but like it is. And like I go into work now and I still feel the same thing, except for I'm not taking myself out of a dark place now. I'm literally just loving what I'm doing. And back at that time, you know, when you were experiencing the eating disorder and then you were sliding into something even darker. How long did it take you to become aware that, hang on, something's really not right here for me? when my family started pleading with me they started pleading to have me back you're in a space where you don't actually realise there's people around you that actually care about you mm. I remember that one moment of being like am I actually that bad because you don't realise you're, mm. you're in such a hole like, and, and it was only like four or five years later when I started doing therapy that I realised how bad it was I, I didn't have a clue like my sister was in college and she was like you know, I didn't know every week was I going to come home for your funeral or if I was coming home just to visit the family like we got a text message off mom every night to say we got through another day. Mm. But I didn't know all of this. But I surely after the, the suicide attempts, you must have obviously been aware. Oh no, I was angry. I was so annoyed with myself that I actually couldn't fulfill that one thing that really? I thought was the right thing to do. I remember going through this anger and then I was just numb. I was so numb. Mm. Is it that, almost like then adding to the cycle of, you know, you feel so bad that this is the only option and then you can't as you said, achieve that yeah. goal. So yeah. you you feel even more worthless yeah. at that like point. That was like a, that was a, a simple task in my in my eyes. That that's I had made the decision and I wanted to do that. And I felt like I was in a good place when I made that decision. I felt like that was the right thing for me to do at that time. Mm-hmm. But you're in such a bad mental health, you don't realise like how deluded that is and how wrong that is. You mentioned therapy there and you don't have to get into the the nuts and bolts of it. Mm-hmm. But did you tap into maybe some reasons? why you ended up experiencing those things things from your past perhaps or other things yeah so we did we went through all of that and we went through the triggers and like it was as simple as I remember talking one day about granny my granny lived with us and like the eating disorder like would have formed from like you you know she'd give us something sweet and she'd be like oh don't show anyone so it was the secret of eating and not being able to eat sweet things in front of people it was simple so innocent so innocent and when I got into secondary school I physically couldn't eat food in front of people and then when I went into college, like my dinners at home were gone. Mom wasn't there to make them for mm-hmm. us. So I wasn't eating at all. 
And isn't there some kind of beautiful irony that you find the ability to get over the eating disorder, to come out of the depression through baking sweet, delicious, amazing food? I know. Isn't it's amazing. It is. <laughs> and it just goes to show that the previous triggers, when worked on, can be calmed and quietened yeah. and you know, you can now work in a kitchen making food and making sweet things and not have, be triggered in the same way that you were previously. Yeah. But also now it's understanding. Like if I have a really bad day, like, do you know when people like eat their emotions away? Mm. I would be the opposite to that. So I can't eat if I'm feeling like I'm anxious or nervous or if I've, after getting upset in news. But I know that that's happening. Yes. Whereas back then I did not know that that was happening. And one day would turn into two days and three days and four days and then you're having a bad month. Mm. But now like I could have a bad few hours and I'm like, oh no, it's okay. That's just what it is. And that's how mm. you're dealing with it. And that's how Understanding you're it's so important. Yeah. 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 So do you think it's the process of the baking and as you mentioned the word flow and getting into all of that and the mixing or is it seeing the end product? It's definitely both but I also I'm such a feeder I'm like I can bring food in and be like please look at what I just made and eat it and tell me what you think like I just love it I'm like that as well You can get you can get a sense of your enthusiasm and joy for cooking through the book not yeah. only I mean talking to you you can absolutely see it. it's written all over your face but even through the book though you can see it's playful and it's fun and yeah. it's definitely a really positive and it's a huge book by the way yeah. like there's a lot of recipes and you should have saved some for the book oh, no, two and book to, three I had to dwindle them down I was just saying out there that I probably have another 160 recipes and make the book at all amazing I started writing recipes when I was about 12 so I knew I was going to have okay, a book okay right definitely yeah. well more than one I would say yeah, yeah yeah but look the book is called Sweet Therapy The Joy of Baking by Una Leonard. We have already chosen what we will be making oh, out I of it first. I cannot wait to see that. Yeah, definitely. Well, it'll be, it'll be my 12-year-old. He's the baker in our okay. house, so I'm, I'm going to set him the task when I go home. Have you any plans, and not that you have to, you know, it's a lot of times when people experience things in their life, the natural reaction down the road when you're in a better space is to try and help other people through it. Is that something that you're interested in doing or are you just happy now where, wherever you are? I'm one, happy where I am and I'm happy that I get to go in and still do something I love to every mm. day. But I honestly think that the book and the reaction I've got from the book has already helped so many people because they've seen that there is hope at the end of it all and that they can get to that stage as well. And it's not a quick fix. It doesn't happen overnight. Like mine was three or four years. Mm. But there is hope at the end of it. So whatever I can do to be able to give someone that hope, I'm not qualified enough to help them out, but I will keep telling my story. Yeah. Right. Very, oh. very delicious hope. Yes. Una <laughs> <laughs> Leonard from 2210 Patisserie in Mullingar and the author of the new book, Sweet Therapy. Thanks very much for doing Mind Yourself Now today. Lovely. Thank you very Thanks. much for having me. That's Una. And uh, if you've been affected by anything you've heard on this chat, the Samaritans are available 24 hours a day on free phone 116123. That's 116123 from a landline or a mobile. And you can also text 087-260-9090 or email joe at samaritans.org or you can contact Bodywise on alex at bodywise.ie. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today.